All right, what's up, everyone? It's Zach, and today I'm here with a very special guest. I'm joined by my friend Paul Di Nicola. Paul, how are you doing today? Fantastic, Zach. How are you, man? Awesome. I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking, and thanks for taking some time to chat today. Absolutely, my pleasure. Awesome. So, Paul, uh, the cool thing about Paul is, as long as I've known him, which has been quite a while, he's always been super passionate about um, food and culinary and just the cooking in general. So definitely think we'll get some good insight about that today. But, um, you know, Paul, do you mind just kind of sharing a little bit about your background, who you are, what you're up to these days, all that good stuff? Uh, Absolutely. So uh, born and raised in Canton, Michigan, right? Yep. And um, we went to the same middle school. And we were actually in the same um, home ec class. And uh, so we were in there cooking together back then, right? I didn't remember that. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. I I obviously remember like middle school and I know we were in choir together, but I didn't remember that home ec we were together. That's awesome. I just just thought of that right now, but... um, yeah, I think that's true. But uh, yeah, anyway, so from there, I've always had an interest in cooking. Like my uh, my Nona used to live at our house and um, she would always invite me into the kitchen and I loved it. And it was like one of the only times I got to uh, bond with her before she passed. So that kind of just really stuck with me. And um, I ran with that. And then I was fortunate enough to grow up in Canton, right? So Mm-hmm. Uh, PSEP was right around the corner and they had an amazing culinary program and uh, then after that the, the only logical move was to stay local and go to Schoolcraft which has another amazing culinary program so I was just blessed and I felt I felt you know very fortunate to have have been in the situations that I was in. Yeah definitely and I mean that's a really good thing to bring up that in our area you know we I feel like oddly enough, like growing up, it's always been known as like this is a great area for culinary programs and to learn um, all like the arts and stuff. And I mean, it's very local. It's very highly regarded programs. Um, even back in high school at the park, like Paul was referencing, I remember like there was that um, in Salem, there was like a restaurant type place. Like, yeah, a full, a full service restaurant yeah. run by students that um, feed the teachers and and actually, the general public can go there if you make a reservation. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, because I, I knew, like, the teachers ate there. And, like, I forget what teacher it was, what class it was. But I remember at least one, maybe uh, probably a couple would say, like, oh, you know, for whoever gets, like, the best score in, you know, the exam or whoever gets, like, the whoever wins, like, Shooting Jeopardy or something. Or, uh, yeah, like they would get, like, their pass or something to go get a meal down there and, like, it was like so highly coveted. And I remember like, they were like, Oh yeah, you can get, you know, like this really exquisite meal. Whereas like at the regular cafeteria, you know, you're just getting your basic like chicken sandwich or something. Popcorn chicken. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I did that. I worked there and um, I was actually my senior year. I ended up uh, being in that class for five hours of the day. And, um, that was like amazing for me. It was actually a, a godsend because it might've been the only reason I passed to be honest, because uh, whatever, that's a whole nother story. But, um, and it, it, it allowed me to get into competition, 
which is really my my love like competition cooking is is if i can make a career out of it that's what i would be doing okay okay and now like when you say competition cooking like are you kind of referring to you know like all the tv shows that we see out there where it's like you know just kind of like cook-off style um just competing in in that kind of arena or is there other like cooking competitions that maybe aren't as like publicly known about right absolutely and actually i'd love to shine some light on this because there are um cooking competitions that go on all across the country um so young young chefs and um and aspiring chefs can can go to, through their high school program and, and go into a program called Skills USA or which they also have for welding uh, Skills USA or um, uh, Pro Start. Uh oh, somebody's at the door. Sorry. No worries. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. Man. Okay, no, no worries. We're good. Um, okay, so ProStart is the uh, is the other one, and ProStart is the one that I did, okay. and that's a team competition. Mm. And Skills USA is a individual competition. Okay. So what you see on TV is um, is basically the same thing, but uh, the variety is there, right? Like there's an unlimited variety of competitions that you could have or do. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And, you know, Paul, what led you to wanting to do the team style? Um, I really believe that I excel best in a team. Okay. And, um, like, how do I phrase this? The best of me comes out when I'm in a team. And I think okay. that's true for a lot of people, because um, people fill in the get fill in the gaps for one another. Now, when it comes to like the team style com- competitions, are you creating your own team, or are you like assigned to a team, or does it just depend on the competition? Um, typically, if it's a team style competition, you will be uh, working with your team for months ahead of time. Oh, okay. And practicing the same food. So it's almost like uh, you practice the same food every day until it's perfect, until it's absolutely perfect. Okay. And it's not just the food at the end. You're judged on the entire process, the cleanliness. So it's almost like a dance or a theater. Yeah. Uh, uh, a play or a musical. Okay. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of components that go into it. It's. I didn't really realize that. Like, I, I guess just from watching the shows and just like my own thoughts, you know, I think about the taste and maybe the presentation, but um, knowing like all the behind the scenes, that's really interesting. Yeah. And then uh, like chopped, for example, that would be yeah. considered a uh, market basket competition. So like uh, those are available to everyday chefs through the ACF. Like you can go and do that and be judged on your thing. So it's oh, pretty, wow. okay. it, it's pretty cool. Have you done one of those before? 
Yeah, I've done I've done actually a lot of competitions. So I started in high school and yeah. uh, moved into college at Schoolcraft and started competing there for Schoolcraft. And uh, I think I ended up competing five times around the state and maybe once out of state. And then that was all preparing for a competition in Thailand. Oh, wow. So I actually went to a competition in Thailand and I placed second out of 1300 competitors. So that was, that's oh my like, God. that might've been my peak, you know? <laughs> that's amazing. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Now, and I'm curious for like that competition in Thailand, like, did you going into it, did you know exactly what you were going to be cooking or like, was it kind of, you had an idea or, or like, what were some of like the details with that competition? So, um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go through the whole, the whole thing. So, sure. um, when I got to Schoolcraft, they were not currently competing and, um, I really wanted to compete because I had come from competition in high school and I really wanted to compete. And all of my peers who, who came to Schoolcraft from the high school also wanted to compete. So it was almost like a continuation of um, the PSEP culinary team. Okay. And uh, we did a team competition first and then each one of us did our own individual competition, but we prepped for it as a team. So we were helping one another as a team for our individual competitions. Okay. And um, so, so we were doing the same dishes in all of these competitions, getting the feedback from the chefs, tweaking the dishes, competing again, all in preparation for this big competition. So, so it was like almost like six months of hard work, like 5.30 a.m. to, to 11 p.m., oh, wow. no joke, of, of like hard work. Yeah. All for, all for 50 minutes. Yeah. So it, was, it was a crazy, stressful wow. thing for me. I can imagine. That's, that's crazy. But I mean, it sounds like it definitely paid off and it was, it was worth investing that time and energy. And I, I honestly had no idea that that's kind of like the level of commitment and, and requirement that it takes to, you know, really master this craft and to be able to compete. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like anything, you, any skill or any, you know, trade you have to spend all the time to do, but just to know like the rigor of what you had to go through, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's nothing that I, I particularly knew was going to, was going to happen going into it either so that was uh that had to be the most stressful time in my life and i i've actually had to make some changes since then like quite a bit to avoid burnout yeah i was gonna say like with that kind of schedule i'm sure burnout's probably pretty common in like the culinary community then oh it absolutely is and even for people who aren't competing just for people who are uh cooks in a restaurant the, okay. the schedule can be very draining. Is there anything that like you personally or just like maybe people that you know, colleagues, is there anything that helps kind of like prevent that burnout? Well, it's, 
big uh big on self-care and then my i think that uh what really helps is discipline self-discipline because um if you let yourself slip a little bit it it can become a very a very slippery slope very quickly Mm -hmm. meaning like I, i don't want to beat around the bush with this but like um in the restaurant industry as cooks uh drug use is like very prevalent and um it's my least favorite thing about being in a kitchen seeing seeing it because i hate to see it yeah but it's very common and um there's got to be a solution to it Mm -hmm. but that's uh i kind of forgot where i was going with that but now is it you know if you feel comfortable talking about it you know is it is it kind of like a common thing within kitchens and stuff like because of how like rigorous the schedule is and how like how much pressure it is is it kind of like a way of coping or is it there's something else that like really makes it big in the kind of community i think it is a, a way of coping i mean okay it's it's a combination of things sure. of course but i think it's coping as well as like I said, the, the schedule can be mm-hmm. somewhat isolate, isolating sometimes. Like um, you, as a cook, you have to work when other people are, are playing. Right. Right. So it's, it's a service job, you know, it's, it's yeah. that, but it's very stressful. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but cooks tend to like um, substances. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. So, you know, kind of just thinking about being, being a chef and, you know, preparing food, you know, just preparing dishes for, you know, competitive purposes, but also just for, you know, restaurant goers and stuff. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure, right? Because like, you know, maybe you perfect a dish, but like that specific person just doesn't like it. Like they just don't care for it. And it's nothing that you did wrong, but it's just, their palate or their interests like is that ever anything as a chef that is really tough for you to kind of like deal with or is it kind of just like well not everyone's gonna like what I make and that's okay yeah absolutely it it can be uh pretty difficult at times Mm -hmm. and um especially when people are um very very vocal about it but um because as cooks we're we're in the in the back of the kitchen working hard and and uh we tend to be maybe a, classified as a little bit uh irritable or like uh, just angry in general but okay but me personally i i like it when um when people are honest you know, if something doesn't taste good, I like it when they tell the server that it didn't taste good. Yeah. Because I've, I've done that at restaurants. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, like, I'm sure as as a cook, you know, as a chef, you want to perfect your art. So if someone says, well, you know, it was pretty good, but maybe too salty or something, like, you want to have that feedback so you know, you know, did I overdo it here or is it just like this one person just has like a lower, you know, tolerance for it or, you know, just so you can get better at what you do. 
Right. I think there's a, there's like a there's a certain amount of hubris that a lot of chefs have where where it's almost like uh, the the customer doesn't know what they're talking about. Like, sure, they send the food back and the chef goes, "Oh no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine." But, right. But it's not. Right. And if, they, <laughs> right. if you're just honest with yourself, yeah, that steak is raw, or that yeah, whatever. Exactly. And you know, Paul, I think it was interesting you mentioned like you've even you know done that personally where you've maybe mentioned to a server um you know some feedback about the food that you received when you were the customer um as as a chef yourself do you find yourself like kind of critiquing food if you go someplace or if you serve something at like someone's house or something like do you see yourself as being like kind of like critiquing it or are you just like yeah you know i'm not gonna really worry about that so um i do Okay. But, but at the same time, I don't. Meaning, okay. uh, I'm always gonna look at food, and I'm I'm gonna know what has been done to it, or whatever. You can kind of tell looking mm-hmm. at. It. So, I will just uh, I opt to not eat something if it if I don't feel good about it. I just won't okay. eat it, and I, I won't say anything bad about it. But I just won't eat it. Okay. I am pretty picky. I'm a very picky guy. I always have been. Okay. Okay. That that makes sense. I, I mean, I definitely could see that and understand that. And, you know, maybe this kind of aligns with being like a picky eater, just like the, the preferences that we have. Um, you know, like on some of the co- competition shows that I've watched, it's, you know, the, the chefs are going to make like a steak or something. And they cook the steak and you know, to me, it looks, it looks undercooked, maybe even like raw, but you know, the judge, let's just say Gordon Ramsay, uh, that's like the shows that I've seen. He's like, oh my gosh, this is perfectly cooked. Like what is like the, the definition of like perfectly cooked food? Like, of course, if you're at a restaurant and I order, you know, a steak medium, you'll cook it that way. But like, if you're competing and it's just like cook the best steak, like is there like a rule of thumb that you have when it comes to like how you, how well you would cook it? Um, so I'll give you an example uh, with duck. Okay? okay. Duck breast. Yeah. Most commonly you'll see duck breast cooked very rare. So it's okay. like, it's like very pink. Okay. But I prefer to eat it when it's cooked like medium well. Okay. Because it, it, it just eats better. Sometimes, and same with steak, you know, like you said, steak, sometimes, some people eat it rare or black and blue. And they like, they like that. They like the chew of it. Mm-hmm. But I prefer it when I, when it's easy to, easier to chew and it's like medium, medium well. Yeah. It did for some reason. Um, I don't know. Everybody's got their preferences, right? Right. Okay. That's kind of what I thought. It just kind of came down to a preference thing. And like, I've just heard people or even like, you know, before I figured out how I like my, you know, steak, for example, cooked, I'd go to a restaurant and maybe the server would say like, oh, like, you know, if you do it like well done, it kind of maybe loses its flavor or something. I don't know. Like, I'm just making that up. But they'll like kind of give examples of like, if you do it like rare, it's going to be more chewy, but it's going to have like more flavor in every bite or something. So I never really realized like, you know, how much went into it. I just kind of thought it was like preference, but um, no, it makes sense that it's probably 
you know, just everyone has their own taste buds and differences and there's not really like a right or wrong way. Yeah. Well, some people, some people uh, like drier food and some people like more wet food, you know, like, yeah, I, I tend to prefer drier food. Not, okay. not like, not like bone dry, but like, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. some people like very saucy food. Right. Right. So I think it's kind of the same thing with steak. Rare steak is like, it's got more of the juice in it, more of the, the myoglobin. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Like when you're saying that, I kind of think of like, you know, people will say like, oh, are you like a sweet or savory kind of person and stuff like that? You know, we all have different kind of preferences, but um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all food. So it's all good stuff. Yes, sir. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, is there like a, do you have like a go-to dish that like, if you could, you know, like if, if I was going to come over right now and you're just going to make us a meal or something, do you have like a go-to that you would always go to? Well, we're talking about steak and I know I can't stop thinking about steak. Okay. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, like a nice New York strip with okay. um, sear, seared New York strip. Yeah. Oof. With uh, just some whipped potatoes and carrots and asparagus and a little bit of beef sauce. Uh, just simple. That's my that's my whole thing. It's like simple, good food. I don't want any um, anything too fancy. You know? I like that. I like that. You know, I feel like sometimes, you know, you could go to like a nice restaurant and I've, I've certainly been to a nice restaurant and I almost feel like intimidated by the menu. Um, not to say that the food was bad or, you know, anything like that or the service, like it was a great experience, but it's like, I don't really know what these foods are or it sounds so complex. Like I just want something kind of simple. So I, I like that philosophy. Yeah. Like circling back to, uh, to why I got into the industry is like my no-no, right? So right. I didn't get into the industry because because of Wolfgang Puck, you know? Yeah. I got in there because I remember memories of eating my Nona's food, and it was the best food I've ever had in my life, and I've been chasing it ever since. Like, that's that's the kind of thing. I don't want my, – my Nona's food didn't intimidate me before right. I ate it. It yeah. was welcoming and loving, and that's that's what I want to be able to do. Oh man, I, I love that. That's, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, it's kind of just like a heartwarming thing that you said. I think it's, you know, food. I think about, you know, having nice meals for holidays and with family and with friends and loved ones and stuff. And it's like a lot of memories that I have growing up and even now in my life, like it centers around food and, you know, it's like having those meals and having that company. So I think like being able to also, create food that kind of gives that feeling of of family and love and you know all that i think that's so important and so cool yeah absolutely so that's that's a that's a lifelong goal (laughs) yeah it's something that it sounds like you'll always kind of be chasing after but i mean it it sounds like it's kind of led to this passion and it's it's a really cool pursuit that like you said it's lifelong but it's a really rewarding process too yeah definitely Awesome. That's very cool. So when it comes to cooking and maybe trying to perfect recipes and stuff and just see what works, what doesn't work, um, you know, is it a lot of just kind of trial and error or like, is there, I guess, research that goes into it? So like maybe like you consult other, other chefs or you, you know, 
look online if people have had better results with something or do you just kind of like trial and error it on your own? So um, when I was young, it was a lot of trial and error. Okay. Um, when I could. I mean, you know, food food costs money. So yeah, I didn't really get to play in the kitchen that much and just do just do whatever I want. But um, once I got into high school, I started to do that kind of thing. Okay. But, um, you know, you, you gain in from different places, right? So I, I used to watch a lot of Food Network and I would watch, I don't know, Bobby Flay or something, or an, I would pick up a cookbook or mm-hmm. um, draw on some inspiration from my childhood and just make something because in general, people have all these rules for food about what goes with what, but you can pretty much make anything go with anything if you wanted to. Right. Okay. That's why I love it. There's no, like, yeah, there are rules. People make rules for everything. Though. Right. But, like, food, I don't think, I think that people overcomplicate it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it that certainly kind of goes in line with your philosophy of just, like, simplicity and just True. keeping the food simple. Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes of all time was uh, Da Vinci's quote about simplicity. Okay. Simplicity is the ultimate form of excellence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that. I think that it's very easy to overcomplicate things. And I can imagine, you know, cooking, it, it's extra, you know, easy to overcomplicate in a specific, you know, dish or, you know, the right seasoning blend or whatever. And yeah, I think sometimes, like you said, that simplicity is is just the way that you need to approach it. And it's probably the way that's going to keep you the most sane, you know, with um, what you're right. trying to create. Right. Okay. And now the, I feel like this is kind of like a weird random question, but when you are cooking and, you know, you're making all these good foods, um, what do you end up doing with them? You know, like if it's just like at home and you're cooking, like, do you, do you just eat them personally? Do you give them to friends and family? Do you save it for later, like freeze it or whatever? Do you throw it out? Is, is there like a, a set thing that you do with all the food that you create? So uh, in general, I eat it all. Or okay. I, get, I have people over and they eat it or um, I freeze it and I'll save it for later. Okay. I do a lot of that. But um, more more and more recently, I've been, I've been really thinking about um, food waste. Okay. And, and just waste in general and how much waste uh, we produce. Yeah. And how it could be utilized better. So, I don't know. That's been in my, in my thoughts a lot recently. Okay. Um, but no, generally I eat it, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what I figured. Uh, I'm kind of curious now. Like, do you do you have any like thoughts on on food waste or waste in general that you you want to talk about or that's been really on your mind? Well, I mean, I think um, food waste has always been a big issue, mm-hmm. and not even just in restaurants. I mean, it goes it goes way deeper than restaurants, obviously. Right, but. Uh, I think the rule, I think the number is uh, 40%. So, so out of the food that comes into a restaurant, like 40% ends up getting uh, thrown out as waste. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So, um, and part of that is, is we don't have the, the, the skilled workforce enough to, to handle it. Okay. Especially in the restaurant industry. I mean, like, you can compost 
and put all your waste in a compost, but then you end up with rats in the back and stuff. Like, not in the kitchen, but behind the restaurant. Um, right. You know, there are complications with everything, but there's got to be a better way. And I think that we're seeing, we're, we're almost seeing the end of the restaurant industry. Really? Okay. Yeah. What, what well, makes you feel that way? Every end is a new beginning, but right. um, just uh, the workers don't, like, people don't want to cook. Okay. People don't really want to cook. And okay. um, we're going to have uh, a, a, a lot of uh, uh, new things happening in the next 10 years that I um, don't see going well for cooks. Okay. Meaning, like, um, if you look at uh, robot robot use in kitchens and fast food industry and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, That I think is going to be huge in 10 years. So a lot of people are going to lose their jobs to that, I believe. Do you think, and I am sure like you probably have your own thoughts being a a chef that vary from someone that's not in the industry, but like, do you think that it's possible for like robots and technology to actually replace a human chef um not a human chef but a human cook definitely i think like okay a a fry cook could easily be replaced by a a robot okay i mean you're just dropping fries picking them up and putting them in a thing sure it's um obviously there are nuances to it and it's gonna have to change the way that a kitchen flows if you put some robots in there but right um so I just think a, some 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 um, jobs might be lost or or re- replaced, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a conspiracy theorist, so maybe it's uh, nothing to worry about. I mean, I think it's it's valid points, and you know, just thinking about the future in general and your future, you know, in the industry, I think it's things that it's good to kind of have on the back of your mind, and you know, with technology, I mean, just in our lifetimes alone, just like how rapidly it's in- increased and become prevalent and stuff like, you know, I think it, it makes complete sense to see that like the future, you know, like you said, maybe 10 years, I could even see maybe like five years, you know, where technology is just running almost everything we do. I mean, I think about even like the fast food restaurants um, that's, you know, I, I think like maybe McDonald's is one where, there's like the kiosk inside or something that like you can place your order. So it's like not even using that, you know, human interaction, having that employee and, you know, just stuff like that. It's all for like efficiency and probably saving money in the long run for these companies. But it's, it's crazy to think about like how it could be like almost like an all digital world. Yeah. That's then soon, soon McDonald's is going to be almost like a, a building sized, vending machine for burgers and fries yeah you know uh the whole thing the whole thing could be a robot and you 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 tell it what you want and it spits it out yeah like that's where i see it going um no human would need to be involved except for stocking it and then actually who knows amazon could stock it you know (laughs) yeah it's it's crazy when i when i really think about it um the exponential growth is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, as someone in the industry, you know, and like just having this conversation where 
that could be the future. And, you know, there can be, like you're saying, you know, the restaurant industry could be potentially coming to an end with all the technology. Like, does that concern you or worry you? Or like, is there anything that you're doing or that you like want to do to maybe keep it relevant? Well, I think to a certain extent, there will always be um, a market for, let's say, like high-end chefs, okay. right? Yep. So high-end chefs and fine dining, I do not think could be replicated by a robot at all. That, that takes so much finesse, so much planning. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot more complex. Okay. So, so simpler things, diners, fast food, pizza, pizza joints, um, Taco Bell. I think that could all be automated. But, um, for example, you could only have, you could have one person in there just overseeing the machine. Right. Um, but no, fine dining is, is always going to be good. And then you're always going to have people having parties and banquets, banquets and stuff. So not totally wipe it out, but it's definitely going to change the restaurant industry. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of what I was thinking when it comes to like fine dining, like that, you know, maybe you could try to replicate it with technology, but it'd probably be so hard to, to match that kind of same, like just standard when it comes to the human kind of perfecting the, the dish. And like you said, like all the finesse and planning and everything. And, um, you know, I think you brought up some good examples of like catering and, you know, banquets. And I even think about like people that have like their own personal chef. Um, I'm sure that, you know, that is going to also, you know, keep the, the job and the industry. Well, relevant. well, I don't know, because um, if 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 somebody's got a personal chef, maybe they can afford um, a one time payment of two hundred thousand dollars for a, a, a robot kitchen, you know? that's okay yeah that's good good point (laughs) okay so i don't know it's uh it's a lot to think about it's probably not even worth thinking about right right (laughs) right gonna let it happen yeah that's yeah that's it's it's wild to think about it it can definitely be kind of like a you know wormhole of like um you're just going down the rabbit, I guess rabbit hole is better word than wormhole, uh, rabbit hole where you just kind of, you keep saying like, oh, what if that happened and that happened? So it'll be interesting to see though what happens over the next, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Absolutely. Awesome. So, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about food and your experience and just your background in it. Um, is there anything else that's really just like, been a huge passion of yours lately or throughout your life yeah i mean when i think back on my life i spent a lot of it um i don't know whether you would call it entertainment or Mm -hmm. um performance maybe yeah but uh in choir i spent like 10 years of my life in choir and singing Mm -hmm. and i did a lot of musicals and plays which i think helped me set me up helped set me up for um for doing well in competitions because like i said it's a lot like a performance it's a lot like a play um but that was something that that ended up just um kind of becoming lost in my life and it was something that brought me great joy and and it reminds me of the same uh 
feelings that I had when cooking with my, my Nona. Um, just those warm feelings of like when people sing in harmony, like you can't, you can't beat that. Right. So, so that's something that I've been missing recently and I've been wanting to sing, sing with everyone, sing with random, random people and, uh, um, and entertain people. That's what, that's what I've been missing, especially with COVID, man. I haven't been able to really entertain people. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I mean, you know, thinking back on, on our friendship, I I feel like before I knew you as, as you know, the foodie, the chef, you know, I, I knew you as kind of the, you know, performer, the singer, I would say entertainer. Um, you know, I, I think that we had choir together. So obviously, like, I, I would hear you sing individually and hear you sing within, you know, the class with everyone else. But, um, you know, even outside of that, I feel like you're always the one to kind of provide entertainment and you know we're really good at getting people to laugh and stuff I, I still to this day remember I don't even okay maybe I don't fully remember but you had like a Star Wars shirt or something <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about yeah I was thinking about it today man yeah it was a yeah. uh, TIE fighter I, did you say it was a TIE fighter or did I I, I, thought, I, I thought that it was a TIE fighter okay yeah because then I thought it was like a the the Naboo like spacecraft or something or yeah and I'm pretty sure you were right but I don't have the shirt anymore I, I was I, looking for it this morning I feel like yeah like maybe I was right but you were so like vehemently like oh yeah projecting that I was wrong or that you were yeah. right. <laughs> and I don't know if you legitimately thought that you were right and I was wrong or you were just like playing up the entertainment factor but yeah I just like thought about that and you know like just as you and I we've kind of you know been been connecting um recently and stuff and like leading up to this this uh, recording i just got of that and i was like wow that was that was funny that was some good times yeah it was uh definitely playing it up for entertainment because i'm pretty sure i knew that you were right but because i don't really know much about star wars i don't, I don't either so like i'm sure that anyone that's like listening to this that does know star wars they're probably like what what the heck are these guys talking about right um but yeah no I mean definitely like I was saying that's kind of how I knew you and um I can imagine that you know over the last couple of years uh it's it's hard to have that almost be stripped away where like you can't really entertain or you can't really you know just I mean you can't really act with people or perform or do anything and connect with them even you know yeah I I love to connect with people in person that's that's Mm -hmm. my favorite thing like no, there's nothing like having a heart to heart with somebody and looking in their eyes while while you're talking to them, right? Yeah. So, so that is missing from all of us for the right. whole year, basically. But yeah, yeah, it affected me, and it made me realize that um, how much I need the community around me, and um, how important that is to my psyche. So, yeah, definitely. I think that, like, you know, obviously. The, the pandemic and everything it wasn't it, it's not a good thing right like it's not like oh we're glad that it happened but I think that for a lot of us we're coming out of it learning what we need or what's important or just having a different perspective on things and I think that like for that I'm grateful for you know like kind of like you said that just understanding of how important community is and connecting with people and like as great as it might sound to 
work at home every day or to, you know, just be inside your house all day and not have to see a single person. Like it might be nice for a couple days, a couple weeks, a month or whatever, but after a while you just kind of will see what you're missing. And I feel like um, in my life, any time where I've felt comfortable or felt like I'm just going to hang out, it, that is when um, I end up moving backwards, right? So anytime I'm not moving forward, I end up moving backwards. Okay. Um, and I felt like the pandemic almost, especially for cooks, I mean, I hate to harp on this, but but it was pretty, it was tough for everyone. I'm not even going to say anything. Um, a lot of people lost their jobs, right? Yeah. Sets everyone back. And, and that's not just a, a monetary thing or a job related thing. It's like a, psychological thing right so we're all learning stuff about ourselves mm-hmm. that we never thought we would so yeah I'm, I'm a little bit grateful for it too actually right and Funny like again yeah it's it's not like we're saying oh this is the best thing that's happened in the world like you know whatever but it's just like having that perspective that you know we learned about ourselves or things came out that we're like okay this helps me grow as a person so it is kind of having that gratitude or just like making the best out of a you know a terrible situation um, i think is is beneficial and important so i'm glad that you can kind of say that you you do feel a little grateful for for having had to experience it um you know you did mention and if you don't want to touch on it you don't have to but with the pandemic and being you know in the food service industry um you know, how, how much of a change and how much did it get shooken up because of that? Oh, it's, it's uh, still crazy. It's still crazy. But mid pandemic, I mean, you know, places were getting shut down. The whole restaurants weren't operating, right? Mm -hmm. We were, we were only allowed to, um, we do carry out or, carry out only for a long time and then you can only have like 12 people in your restaurant how are you mm-hmm. going to make back your money for rent with 12 right. people so it, it actually made people get very creative and that's what we do as humans is we adapt and we overcome and mm-hmm. um a lot of people did and the ones who couldn't do it sad to say a lot of places went out of business yeah because they couldn't find the employees people don't want to cook um People saw it as risking their lives mm-hmm. to cook somebody a burger. It's like, a, what? Are, what's your risk reward on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in the middle of a big shakeup. That's that's true, and I mean, I just think about like, you know, drive drive down a, a major road or something, or you know, turn on the news, and you'll hear about like how all these places are struggling with, um, you know, finding employees and stuff. And you know, I think a lot of the times that I hear that kind of stuff or see those kind of things, it is more so food related whether it's fast food or restaurants or whatever it seems like the the industry as a whole is is, you know struggling and going through quite the quite the changes with with everything going on maybe more so than other industries are absolutely i think that uh, maybe we see it more in our day-to-day lives because because food is so central to our to our being Mm -hmm. that that we we realize minute changes in in the way things operate with food but but we might not uh notice those same changes happening in another field right yeah something that's a little bit more hidden yeah it's interesting it is 
It is. And like, I mean, I, I think that's even a good perspective that you brought up of like that I didn't really think about is like when restaurants were, you know, 12 people could only be in the restaurant or, you know, carry out only. Um, it definitely does shake things up. It, I mean, in terms of how the, the restaurants ra- ran and probably how food's prepared or, you know, whatever the case may be, there's probably so many things that were impacted by that kind of, um, you know, changes that were mandated and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's big changes. A lot of people were fighting it, but I mean, at its at a certain point, you can uh, voice your opinion, but it's best to just hop on the train and, <laughs> right, you know, follow yeah. everything. For sure. Now, you know, Paul, I'm curious. Um, you know, do you have any like big goals or future plans or like aspirations in the industry that you want to achieve someday? Like, do you want to have your own, you know, restaurant someday or do you want to make a cookbook or like anything like that? So, yeah, I've thought about all of that. Okay. And um, it started when I was younger. I really wanted to own a fine dining restaurant. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Schoolcraft and I learned um, what a certified master chef is. And I started learning from certified master chefs. And um, then that became my goal. Certified master chef. And that's still a huge goal of mine. But that that to me represents the unattainable um, mountain. Right. Like that's the that's the the goal that will almost surely cause burnout and um, um, I've seen people work their whole lives for it and mm-hmm. it didn't work out for them right so right so it's a little bit more risky um, but now I have new goals and actually it's funny we talk about unemployment because I actually just quit my job and right. um, it's because the restaurant industry is so stressful. I had to get out. Yeah. Um, so I'm moving towards a more private dining kind of experience. Okay. And um, so now my goal, my short-term goals are to uh, start a meal prep company and um, start doing all different types of meals from fro- frozen foods to um, – to fresh delivered weekly full meals and stuff. Okay. So I'm working on a menu and that's going to go on. That'll debut sometime early, early 2022. So okay. watch my Instagram for that. Yeah. PJD culinary on Instagram. Um, okay. Perfect. So that's my new goal is, is do that. And I'm taking it one step at a time, baby steps. Yeah. And just, and, I'm just persisting on it. I love that. That's awesome. And, you know, congratulations on, you know, having that goal and having great thoughts and ideas already going towards it and, you know, plan of action. I think that that's huge. And, you know, it, it's kind of taking that maybe leap of faith, if you will. But um, going back to what we've talked about, just like with the the restaurant industry, I think that like meal prep services and stuff like that, that's that's probably the future, right? And I'm sure that's something that you've thought of. Like, I, I feel like I see commercials and ads all the time for, you know, things like that. And for people that are busy, I mean, it's, it's easy to just, you know, get something that's already ready for you and you just put it in the oven or put it in the microwave even or whatever and you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's so many people who, who, 
who go home and eat frozen food from a mm-hmm. multinational corporation that's prepared in a in a giant warehouse, right? Right. But they don't think about it. Yeah. Um, imagine if you had local chefs preparing f- fresh food mm-hmm. that's flash frozen that you can, like, for example, I've used this example a couple times with people, uh, like a frozen potato product. At the store, you go and you can get like fries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Frozen fries. But like, there's no good roasted roasted potato product like frozen roasted potato product that so i'm thinking like gourmet frozen foods and um and meal prep because it's more personal i mean people people want to eat at their homes that's that's the difference yeah definitely i think you're right with that's the difference and you know for me um i I'm pretty, you know, health conscious. I, I care about, you know, my my health and nutrition and stuff like that, and um, pretty, you know, regimented with it, if you will. And for me, like, I try to avoid like the frozen meals and stuff at the grocery store and stuff because of maybe high sodium or just feeling like it's, you know, like you said, kind of mass produced in a warehouse, whatever. I feel like it it might not be the best quality. Whereas if I just maybe take the extra time to, you know, make something fresh or get fresh food or, you know, vegetables, whatever, it's going to be better for me and fuel me better. So I really like, you know, the approach that you're taking, Paul, with just like, you know, wanting to provide that, whereas like, I would feel more comfortable and confident getting, you know, food like from, from a um, meal plan, you know, company like your, your own. Um, Cause I feel like you're getting more of like the health benefits that you might not get if you just buy something you know, from Stouffer's or something at Kroger. Absolutely. I think, um, I think that a lot of people feel that way too. I mean, I've, I've spoken with several people um, at all, to all ages, all walks of life. And they all said, yeah, that I would buy that. Cause it, cause people want that tasty food, but, mm-hmm. but it needs to be good for you. Like you said, health conscious people, like good food is good for you. That's yeah. the thing vegetables are delicious when they're when they're fresh and prepared properly mm-hmm. and um i think that if it if it's made accessible people will um jump on the opportunity because like you said it, it is better to make your own food right right then uh than to use a stouffer's thing but then you're in it for an hour or two hours exactly and the, the convenience is huge if you can have it done for you so yeah. i i want to fill that that gap i love that and you know i think that's something that's that's interesting and i'll be honest i've even i've even said it to people um when it comes to like those meal prep services and stuff like i've said and i hear people say like oh it's too expensive and stuff and it's like you know there might be a a price tag associated with it but i think the thing is like you know i'm willing to maybe go to i don't know we'll say like chipotle and get something that i feel is moderately you know it's, it's probably better for you than mcdonald's um, and I might spend like 12 bucks. So it's right. like, you know, I might, exactly. So it's like for like a meal prep company, I might spend, I don't know. I, I have no idea what like makes sense, but let's well, just say like 50 bucks or something for the week and might be like, Oh my God, that's so expensive. But then it's like, I just spent $12 for a single meal. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's like, yeah. if, if even just seven meals a week, right. Mm-hmm. Dinner, dinner every night, or you take it as lunch every day whatever the person uh, wants, obviously it's going to be customized, but um, 
but yeah, I, I think it's uh, very beneficial. Definitely. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious just to get your perspective since, you know, like I said, I, I am pretty health conscious and, um, you know, just health and fitness and nutrition is all something I'm passionate about. Um, from like kind of your perspective and just like your experience, is there like, um, like a, maybe a certain way that we should eat our food? Like is like eating all organic the best or is like, you know, limiting our carbs, you know, the best way, or do you, do you kind of get into any of that any? Yeah, I do. And this is, this, it kind of leads in with how I, how I live my life in general. Sure. Um, like everything in moderation, mm-hmm. pretty much like I was talking about discipline, like um, for me, and I'm just, I just started getting back into the gym like uh, two weeks ago. So, um, but as far as eating goes, I've never been one to limit myself. Okay. Honestly, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll eat whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I just limit the amounts of it that I eat. Okay. That makes so sense. Like, and then I love to fast. I actually love fasting. It's funny you said that. Cause I, I do too. I fast every day. It makes me feel amazing. So. Yeah. So I, be, I do a lot of that. And it's actually kind of funny to me sometimes. I think that I'm an oxymoron because I'm like, I'm a chef who loves to feed people. But here I am fasting. Yeah, <laughs> that is a little ironic. But no, I mean, I think personally, like I've I've been fasting for a few years and I find great health benefits and just like mental cognitive benefits too. And I, I enjoy it. And, you know, I think that for me, even... I, I love food and I also believe in moderation, but sometimes I'll, I struggle with it. You know, like I might, oh, yeah. you know, just want to overeat just because like I love food so much. So like by fasting, I also feel like, you know, just kind of lets me maybe eat a little more, um, you know, at night or something when I feel like that's when I really want to, you know, Absolutely. dive into the food. So I think there's yeah, a lot of benefits to it. And your body, your body burns that stuff up. That's like, it's more, it feels it just feels more efficient to me. And I'm not even, yeah. a, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor or anything, right. but I'm just, I know what my body feels, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like without getting into the weeds of it and stuff, like you, you think back to like the, you know, the ancestors, if you will, of like hunting and gathering and stuff. And it's like, you know, a lot of, um, you know, during those times, you, you kind of are forced to fast, right? Because you can't just go to McDonald's or open the pantry and get some cereal right. or something. So it's kind of like how the human experience was originally. So it kind of like makes sense that like, if we do that now, Very it natural. works. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Very a natural, natural thing. There's no such thing as three square meals in nature. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So out of curiosity, then, since we're both people that fast um do you like i guess do you have thoughts on breakfast or like do you like i, I mean i guess what, what i'm asking is i've heard people say like breakfast is the most important meal of the day then i've heard people say like breakfast is a scam because it's all like sugary cereals and sweets and stuff like i mean do you have any thoughts on like just breakfast in general i think that i think that both can be true i think that yeah. breakfast is very important because because you're breaking your fast right sure you need you need something to fuel the acid pit that's inside of you. It's going to yeah. raise your body temperature and get you going. Yeah. So I use, um, 
like in the morning when I when I wake up, I have a a bottle of vitamins next to my bed. Okay. And I I'll take a vitamin when I wake up, and the vitamin has caffeine in it, so it kind of gets me going right away. Sure. Like gets me out of bed, but um. Other than that, I I'll have like a very small breakfast, okay. like maybe a banana, you know, yeah. and that'll keep me good until like honestly six seven p- p.m. Right. So it's it's interesting. It is. That's yeah. what I find myself eating now. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's definitely interesting, and like I I love breakfast foods. Like I love like uh, like eggs and oh, yeah. uh, like French toast, pancakes, you know, all that stuff. But um. I don't know. I definitely think that, like you said, there's no such thing as like three square meals or, you know, like I think breakfast, like breaking the fast, like you said, is important. But, you know, I think that it also gets a little tough. Like we talked about how, you know, the body responds well to good food. It's like you turn on the TV and you see like Pop-Tarts and, you know, all this stuff that I'm not saying, you know, don't eat Pop-Tarts, everything in moderation, but like maybe not like the best way to start your day or the first thing that you eat right in the morning. Yeah, it's like it's like waking up in the morning and and looking at um, social media. It's just not good for you. Yeah, like to, to set a good base for the day, you really need real food. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen um, this thing that's going around now, but but Jamie Oliver against McDonald's. No, Jamie Oliver, the chef, is yeah. suing McDonald's because uh, because of the you know the pink slime. I do you heard not. About the, the pink no. slime. No. So it's it's just basically um basically don't eat McDonald's because it's it's full of chemicals yeah. and it's made of uh made of meat that would only be sold as dog food otherwise. Wow, okay. I saw that this uh yesterday and the sad thing about it is that I was at McDonald's when I read this. <laughs> okay. Jeez, that's I haven't heard about that. That's crazy. I mean, I guess like I'm not really surprised, but at the same time, it's it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not surprised at all either. But it is sad. I mean, that's that's like the that's profits taking over. Mm-hmm. It is. It is for sure. And like you know, we we kind of talked about um, just enjoying food and everything in moderation and stuff. And like you know, I'll be the first to say like if it's my birthday or I'm celebrating someone's birthday, like, you know, I'm, I'll gladly have, you know, a few slices of pizza, you know, a couple slices of cake, whatever, you know, I, I definitely will indulge and stuff. Um, but I feel like if I do that, you know, the next day or next even couple of days, like I just feel like almost like lethargic. And like, I just feel like, you know, if I go on those kind of, we'll call it a, like a food bender where, you know, I'm just eating whatever, and more, you know, not moderation at all. I just feel like it kind of wears down on me. Whereas if like I'm eating like those vegetables and those fruits and, you know, lean, lean meats or whatever, like I just feel so much more energetic and just so much better physically, mentally, and just like in every aspect of my life. Absolutely, dude. I feel that hundred percent. It's like when people wake up in the morning and mm-hmm. they have a full continental breakfast, like eggs, bacon, uh, the whole gambit right and then mm-hmm. for me i eat that and i'm like i'm going back to bed yeah right? so then my whole day is wasted where yeah. if i wake up i'll have a cup of yogurt or a banana and a, a little shot of espresso i'm good all day 
yeah. it's weird. It's weird how when you eat more, sometimes you have less energy. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think about like the, the holidays are a great example. You know, you have those big feasts and then it's like, you just want to go lay down and go to bed or something and like, you just don't have the energy. yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But you know, that's, I think it's the interesting thing about like food and just, you know, how we, I feel like, you know, and I've, I've even done it too, and maybe still do it sometimes. Like we almost demonize food in the sense of like, you have bad food, you have good food, whatever and certainly there's things that are better for you and you know whatever health benefits and stuff but i think that a lot of us have gotten away from seeing food as what it actually is like it's it's fuel for our body you know it's it's not this like subjective like random thing that we just consume it's like it's actually what gives us the energy to live (laughs) yeah i feel like there's a lot of um a lot of things in our life that we that we are absolutely crucial that we take for granted yeah and that's that's a very good example of one because people will eat anything, yeah, and have no problem with it. Yeah, no, I think that definitely. You know, I think it's something we take for granted for, and you know, even just taking for granted the fact that you know, I can go and make a a nice meal right now. Like I, you know, I'm I'm grateful for that. You know, that not everyone has that, um, has that luxury and like you mentioned when it comes to like experimenting with food like food costs money so maybe not everyone's able to um you know go to the grocery store and get all these different foods and selections and stuff so it's just like things that we take for granted that's so important and so crucial to our livelihood absolutely every day And, and and it's almost like there's nothing we can do about it i mean right we can do our best but right gratitude attitude of gratitude yeah i love it attitude of gratitude awesome so you know paul it's been a great conversation i've, I've enjoyed catching up with you and just hearing about your journey and getting some great perspective on, on everything we talked about and you mentioned you know with the food prep um you know business that you're looking to start you said the best way to keep up to date on that is going to be your instagram yep my instagram at pjd culinary okay pjd culinary um i will also put that in the description of the episode so if you're listening uh feel free to click down there and go check out paul's instagram give him a follow i'm sure if you message him he'd be happy to you know connect whether it's about something we talked about today or inquiries about his business or just about him in general i'm sure he'd be happy to chat it up absolutely awesome well best of luck with that endeavor and i'm excited to hear about it i'm excited to keep up with it um personally and definitely you know i think that it's something that um you know you might even have a customer in me uh once it's all up and running because it definitely sounds like something that i'd benefit from hey fantastic zach thank you so much for having me on of course man i appreciate you taking the time. time Awesome, man. Thank you um, for coming. Glad you had a good time, I guess. Is there any like last message or word that you want to give to anyone that's listening today? Um, no, Happy New Year. Have a, have a good <laughs> one. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of the year. <laughs> I love it, man. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, definitely, you know, keep me updated on everything on a personal note and as the endeavor takes off and stuff. And, you know, maybe a year from now, we'll, we'll hop back on and we'll get an update of how the business is going for you. Sounds fantastic, man. Thank awesome. You. Have All a right, good Paul, one. You too. Bye.